Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, welcome to um, a new Virial USA podcast. I apologize for the infrequency of these during the summer, but the summer is always a bit difficult, and it's been even stranger this summer. Um, I'm joined by Robin and by Sid, and um, obviously the main topic of conversation, I suppose, should be the match against Chelsea, Um, but we might want to start by just um, commenting um, that uh, this has been somewhat of a Difficult preseason to analyze, hasn't it? Even more than usual. Uh, well, when you don't win, <laughs> results-wise, the analysis has not been complicated. The question is, um, we've had very good preseasons, which have not turned into results. Then I think all of us remember the preseason where we lost to the Dublin students team. Yes. And that did portend quite a bad season. Um, so you feel like this is sort of somewhat in the middle. Um, you know, I think we had a hope here, right. That Unai was going to get a full off season in whatever form it was, of course, much shorter for us than for many clubs, um, because of, of the Europa league run and the fact we actually were competing for something, until the last game of the the league season, right. um, which I, I don't know that we have to spend too far in the mirror, but again, maybe actually had us in better shape for the Europa League final. We had spent some time wondering, you know, would the fact Man United was able to rest um, help them? And, you know, and that extra time, it certainly seemed like we were the fresher side, but I think that has meant somewhat compressed and gosh if you look at you know somebody like Pau um certainly you know when when, I think there's a real decision there when do you start playing him um yeah and and so maybe something and and I know Robin you had wanted to touch on this here is obviously a marquee game and the fact which is such a weird thing to think about um that it, you know, some of these networks are advertising Villarreal as a marquee game uh, <laughs> through the summer. It's kind of uh, crazy to think about. But, but Robin, given the lineup situation, given the relative sort of importance of this competition, it's not like you, by winning the Super Cup, you qualify for the Super Cup next year or something. Uh, what What... What value do you really place on this match? Yeah, I think I'm going to... Hello, guys. Uh, yeah, I think I'm probably going to be the more cynical out of everyone as usual with this, but it, 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 it's a really touching achievement. Achieve, I think, 
I, I don't think we can take it sort of away from like winning the Europa League final. Like the winning the Europa League was the crowning glory, and I always find that these tournaments afterwards, it's like in the English league, you have the Charity Shield. It always just feels like a sort of almost afterthought and a mm-hmm. kind of glorified preseason. But I, I realise that sounds very negative after a season of after a summer of not watching VRL. So it's going to be an exciting game. You know, it's it's great to see us kind of test ourselves against Chelsea. Obviously, you know, world class side. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in the final bit. Um, I, I always feel that with these things that we talked about pre-season, we talked about this sort of stuff, it's almost like a tester for the final, for, for the season itself, you know, it's the start of the season, so it almost feels like we might, we'll go for it, definitely, on, on the face of it, but I can't see us playing our absolute full-time squad. It's, it's a really weird one to kind of work out. Um, but yeah, we, we've sort of, we haven't been playing any of the players in pre-season. The thing about pre-season is you don't play your best players, do you? You know, everyone's having a break, so... It's going to be interesting going into the final to see what we do. Um, so we've, we've noticed there's quite a few people that we don't know who are actually going to be playing. I think Pareko is the only one that's been completely ruled out, and that was through injury. Uh, what, what do you think, Raul and Alan? How do you think we're going to shape up for these for this um, final? Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I was going to ask Raul to talk because he's he just joined us and uh, welcome. So why don't you give your thoughts on that? Hey guys, um, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to the game. I'm really excited for it. Even though um, some people call it glorified friendly or whatever, it's still technically a European trophy. And for a club like Villarreal, who've just won their first major trophy, like it's it's, it's a, it would be a really good one to win if they manage to do it. Mm-hmm. But I can only see it going one way. To be honest, Chelsea do look really, really strong. And yeah, the disrupted preseason with injuries and whatever hasn't really is not really boding well for the start of the season with yeah Paul Torres still I don't think he'd be fit for the first few games because he's just played the Olympics um with Parejo out as well that's a big blow um and yeah it's, it'll be really it's really like Robin said it's tough to predict who will start um don't know where Paco Acas has gone one of the new striker will start Dia um who will be at left back without Moreno or Pedraza? I've seen Estupinian might leave as well, which I'm actually not keen on. I'd rather he stayed. Um, so it, it, it is a tough one to predict. I think Mundy would probably start with Albiol in defence. Uh, Foyth probably in midfield to shore up a bit because Pereira's out. Um, and yeah, I guess Gerard and. Um, yeah, possibly pack her up front. Really tough to tough to call. Yeah, it really, it really is. I think it, it feels to me even more than usual as though if if we weren't talking about the Super Cup, I think we'd be looking at the preseason being almost like a month late for us because of all the of the COVID um, positives and quarantining from that and and so forth, and then. Um, you know everything that the transfer market has been slower this summer because of the Olympics, because of the Euros and Copa America, but also because of the whole COVID situation. And I think it's still, yeah, we may end up sending away some players on loans with options to buy or just straight loans. But I don't see, um, I don't see teams apart from one or two with with crazy money behind them falling over each other to to uh, buy players right now so it's a little it's a little difficult to know what will happen on Wednesday because we just haven't 
I guess the positives I would say are that um, we, I didn't see the match against Leeds, but people seem to feel like in the second half we were looking better. Um, you know, we, it's just, I never pay that much attention to preseason results. I'm more interested in, in the development of the team over this, over the period of time. And it's just been really difficult to see that because of players being out. So I don't know. I mean, I have to say I'm not a betting person. If I were, obviously Chelsea would be favored. I think I would feel better about our chances if Emery had had more time to think about it because then he would have given everybody their um, tapes and everything to, to watch. And as uh, Alberto Moreno said, we'd know basically the names of all the players' kids by then. <laughs> but he hasn't had time to do that. Well, and, but but we don't know. I mean, I, I would imagine that preseason is like most coaches' preseasons. I would not imagine that they have spent time scouting leads. Oh, no, I wouldn't um, think so. And, and I think part of that is given the fact we've been conceding from every other set piece um, would, would suggest that sort of the study of other teams' set pieces. So, I mean, if there's somebody they've been studying, surely, yes, Granada, but... Um, you know, more than that, I would think if there has been a game plan out there, it has been for Chelsea um, mm. over the course of the summer. I think two two other things I want to say is one, of course, don't forget with Pau, it's not just the Olympics, but the Euro. And of course, he was moved out of the lineup in whatever manner he was. But I think there was something published that I saw on Twitter that said he had the most outfield minutes of any player in Europe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, at his age, maybe okay. But, um, boy, that's a lot to ask and jet lag and travel. And remember the Euros also not in one place. So extensive travel during that tournament as well. Um, and then going I, wondered that, I wondered when that would come up, <laughs> having England not actually travelling at all through the entire final, barely. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. 100%, 100%. <laughs> um, Sorry, Karen. No, of course, of course, and then if they, if they had won, then I surely would have been more attached to that. Um, but uh, that that's one. I think the second point on all of this, you know, I think certainly our form, if you're sort of comparing where are we today versus when we played the Europa League final, I think certainly our form seemed to be rounding in a better place. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just looking at our preseason defensively is a real cause for concern because it doesn't look like when we are conceding multiple goals to Leeds and Leicester and Lyon and you know the the odds of us keeping a clean sheet or you know holding Chelsea to say just one goal uh, don't don't look super great and then of course where we are sort of most hampered in terms of personnel is up front you know if we don't know about the status of Chukweze and we haven't brought in the left-sided winger we had been hoping to mm -hmm. um you know it's sort of gerard coming off the euros and you know relatively speaking a bunch of people who are who are question marks um 
again, given that Jeremy is Jeremy of preseason form and not the Jeremy who ended last season, you know, who I think acquitted himself reasonably well in the Europa League final. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's the the um, the defensive issues are definitely cause for concern, um, and I suppose some of that is you know, maybe due to personnel and just, you know, experimenting with to see what you've got. But it is hard to believe when you look at our preseason. I think the only clean sheet was against uh, Levante, and that was kind of a glorified scrimmage, as I recall. It opens up a really nice sort of point here, really, because we, so with talk, I mean, sort of linking it to the VRL Chelsea game, they've just signed Lukaku again which is, a, is going to be an interesting move because if we're facing him and he's all keen to impress Chelsea, then that'll be interesting. Um, I don't know if he'd start. But yeah, I mean, we talk about the pre-season games. I mean, there, there is this sort of, we have actually signed quite a lot of new defenders. I mean, I think we could feel very confident in the fact that we are covered at defence anyway, even if, you know, sort of waiting for Powell to come back. But you've got uh, Cuenca, you've got um, Mandy that have signed. You know, it, it will take a bit of time to gel. And I think that the, the pre-season is a good way for them to do that. It's going to be interesting to see who actually starts the, the matches and stuff. Because I, realistically, if you look at the form of Lassies, and I know Albiol's a year older, but Albiol and Powell's partnership was absolutely immense again last year. So it'll be interesting to see how how um, how Emery sort of phases that in. But do, do you lot feel... Um, just in general, the squad, do you think that we're still going to sort of press in the transfer market to think that we might sign any more players? I, I mean, all I would add is that the, the left winger thing was a really interesting thing because I know sort of me and I think it was me and Julian, or a lot of people were very keen to see this old fashioned VRL 442 with the two really attacking wingers, and we were all excited about the signings to come for that. Do, do you feel that we're going to sign this left winger, or do you think we're going to actually branch out any more into the market? Uh, tell you what, I'll, Alan, you haven't spoken much. How, what do you think? You start us off. Uh, I think I think we probably do want the um, fellow from Bournemouth. I think we definitely still want. Um, I just think the valuation is is we're too far apart, and I and I don't know that we really have anybody as a backup that we like equally well. Um, I do think that. We're we're trying for that. I mean, I, I think Antiveros is still is still in the squad, right? Yeah, he is. I'm okay. I'm not a big Auntie fan, I have to say, but yep. he's no, still, he's still there because we have made some moves, kind of with the Andres and some of some of the folks were sort of somewhat more sure our make weights. Yeah, um, yeah. So so it's notable at least that Antiveros is still there for now. Antiveros is still there. Danny Raba is still there. Um, Gomez is still technically a left winger, but I, I think that Emery probably wants to play him more centrally. To be honest with you, when I, when you look at him, like if we play a four-three-three, I could see him trying to play Moyes as a more four-three-three. And I mean, there was talk about Guedes has come back up again, but you know, I, I don't think anyone on the blog was particularly keen about that. And also, his agent is, you know, yeah. a massive pushing yeah. it too much. Thing, yeah, so we don't I, know if that's you've, you've got one huge fan here. So if we could possibly do that, I would, I would, I would be through the through the roof about it. But I don't, I don't know, I don't know if that's going to work salary structure wise. Yeah, I, I don't know. It feels to me like we're still kind of where we were at the end of the season, really, where we, we, we had um, a left wing desire that we haven't been able to find 
somebody to fill that. We are overloaded at left back, and it sounds like Estupinian might be the player most in demand. Therefore, he might be the one to leave. Um, and then we, um, yeah, we did shore up things in the in the back. Um, Morlanes coming into central midfield as as cover. It seems to be the plan. Um, yeah, I think the big question is really. We've we've got a few debt, few people that need to be moved on or something done with, but then we just have the question marks of, um, you know, is your front two going to be um, uh, Dia and and Gerard? Is it going to be Paco and Gerard? You know, what's when do we get Samu back? The, you know, there's just a lot of things unknown like that. So I'd feel I'd feel better if we had another two or three weeks before the season started, but we don't. Raul, what, what, what do you think? Um, yeah, on the left wing situation, I think a goal scorer there would be ideal. Because um, a lot of the time last season, the team was just so reliant on Gerard to do all the goal scoring and all the creating, really. like I remember there was a run of about 22 goals where he was involved in every single one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, with Ontiveros, Ontiveros is a weird one because whenever I see him, I'm really impressed by his. Um, dribbling ability but then his end product just is lacking a bit um, I think he can, he's still quite young He, uh, if he was sustained the squad I think he could, he could do stuff this season but I do think of definitely another goal scorer on the wing should be a priority and yeah with Dan Juma from Bournemouth he does look good and he was left out of the squad um, they faced West Brom the other night because mm-hmm. um, he's been linked away with a number of clubs but I think they'll try and hold out for 25 million, which is a lot of money for um, a championship player. Um, Because when he was in the Premier League with Bournemouth, he only played a few times and didn't score or assist at all. Mm. Um, So it doesn't remain to be seen whether he can make the step up from the championship to, yeah, playing in the Champions League this season. But he is young and he is really talented. So if if that deal could be done, I think it'd be a really good one. Um, And yeah, like, I I am a bit biased because I I do think Estupinian I think he's the best left back out of all of the options. I think Pedras has been really good last season and he's good going forward, but defensively lacks a bit. And I've just never rated Alberto Moreno. Whenever he was at when he was at Liverpool, he he was shockingly bad. Um, so if if Estupinian is one who leaves, I hope at least we then get a good fee and reinvest that onto a wingo if because I do think he was underutilised as well last season. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when he was at Granada before, he was one of the best left-backs in the league. Like, he was really, really good there. Um, so, yeah, I do think some transfers need to be done. Like, it's, it's not ideal that the season will start and there's still um, business to be done. I, I'm always a fan of having it wrapped up before the start. Mm-hmm. But I think just clubs in general, apart from City and Chelsea spending £100 million each, um, everyone in Europe struggling to sell players, struggling to sign players. Um, it's not just a Villarreal thing. Um, so I think there'll be a lot of activity around the deadline in August, um, late August. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it'll just be interesting to see how the team lines up in the first few games. Um, but the game against Chelsea should be a good way to kind of see where the team's at right now in preparation for Granada. Mm. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned we could get blown out of the water just because of our defensive shape to me not seeming to be there yet. Um, but I think, you know, I think the biggest thing would have been if this could have really been an event where all of the fans could have attended, I would have attached more to it when it is 1,200 fans. Um you know, in this somewhat sterile atmosphere. It's more of sort of a recognition of having won the Europa League more than anything else. So I think maybe at least, I think, you know, if Man United had pressure on it to win, I think Chelsea has even more pressure on it, not for the result, but just for the expectation. Mm. So maybe there is something if we are able to keep things tight defensively. Um, that that we have a shot, um, but I could I could see a bad scoreline uh, on this one, whereas I didn't didn't see that to be realistic in the Europa League final. Um, but one one thing I will add on the um, needs is I do think we need another striker, and I think the options or lack thereof over the preseason have shown as much. I really think Fer Nino needs a run of games at a Primera side and just needs to sort of get more acclimatized to the level. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're doing him great use here in the role he's in, uh, and I don't know that he fits with what we're looking for. Um, so, you know, Baca maybe was certainly for his wages, not the fit. But if you could find a Baca role for half the wages, I certainly think there is a need for it just because we know of Paco's health. So the odds that he's going to sort of make it through a full season, um, you know, playing 40 matches are, are not likely. I think on Estupinian, as you had noted, the, the rumor was Napoli would be willing to pay at least some kind of um, loan fee. And so I think that was the thought in the short term. Like you, I could see sort of as a long-term move, maybe not wanting to move on just yet, particularly given the recognition he got after the Copa America. Um, but I do think he's very clearly number three in the pecking order right now. And, mm-hmm. and Alberto Moreno has played well in the time since his last injury. Yeah, he has. I think I think that I think that's true. Um, yeah, I think Fernino. I would agree with you. No question that he needs to to uh, find regular playing time and and really really develop. Um, but we haven't talked about the, the the guy we did sign from um, the French. Was it French? Was it Ren Nantes? I can't remember. The, anyway, Bulaya Dia. I mean, he's. He's um, an attacking option up front, and I guess he's. I, I haven't seen much of the preseason matches. I guess he's looked Rem, okay when he's right. been there. Rem. So, so yeah, I mean, he's he's a he's one that I, I haven't watched much of the preseason as well. But what I can imagine is that if we play a four three three, he'll definitely occupy that central role, um, which would be quite exciting. I'd be actually more excited to see a four three three with a sort of a massive striker like him in the middle of it. And then, you know, like Gerard can do his thing. And, you know, there seems to be like, there'll be a good, I can see a sort of slight connection there. 
And if we do sign that sort of left winger or someone that's more attacking on that left-hand side, that could be an interesting thing. Um, I mean, if we, I, I certainly agree on the attacking front. I think, as everyone knows, I'm, I'm a big Fernino fan. Um, but yeah, no, I think he's he sort of just he just needs a whole season on loan. He's he's at the same age that Gerard Moreno was on when he went over to Mallorca, or I think it was Mallorca anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he just had had it just did him an absolute world of good. Like we really, I remember me and you and Alan, we, we definitely rated Moreno beforehand, but you could see that he needed that regular game time to kind of form into the striker he was. I think we also have to acknowledge that that, that tackle um, in the Leicester game, because it wouldn't be fair if we didn't, you know, Fernandinho's tackle, like, I don't think we can justify the tackle, but I certainly don't think he intended to break anyone's leg. And some of the abuse I saw on Twitter was absolutely disgusting, to be honest, for a, a player who's 20 years old. And yes, he was aggressive in the tackle. I think mm-hmm. the first part of the tackle was genuinely to get the ball, but it was a bit over physical. And then when he wrapped his other leg around, that really did, that obviously that did cause the damage. Yeah. So I don't think it was intentional, but it was very reckless of him. Um, but and he has apologised. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that being said, I think it, it would do him well to have a loan loan signing. But um, so I've gone off on a tangent as usual. Uh, I'll just add the yeah, only Stupinian front. It's it's an interesting one, really. I mean, he didn't really have a good season last season, um, and he, he was injured for part of it. Um, I just I get the suspicion that he just doesn't quite fit the defender that Emery wants and the style he wants to play. There's no no doubting his ability. You know he had a fantastic copper copper final. I think it may be just be that attacking front that he's missing really, which Emery really likes from that left back, doesn't it? He likes that sort of direct run, shot on goal, which Pedrasas did admittedly do well last season, and Moreno seems to be showing in pre-season. Although I, I don't have much faith in Moreno just from injuries. So, mm. um, yeah, so Alan, I'll pass over to you. You're good dissecting my uh, randomness. So, what do you think on that? <laughs> well, I, you know, I think it's, I think it's clear that Emery. I think you make a good point that with Estepinian, he's somebody who's 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 more comfortable sort of pumping a ball into the box from from the wing, rather than going forward and taking players on and 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 so forth. Um, I think I think uh, a couple of us have, have pointed out that the the problem last season that we really we, we were really Gerard dependent and if we I think Raul pointed out that we had twenty some goals where he either assisted or scored them and I think I think you're right we have to get away from that um, so finding somebody who can sort of be a more direct threat. Um, on the left is probably where we want to go, and I think um, Pedraza. I've I've always I've always liked him. Um, I was really unhappy when he left, and I was delighted when he came back. And I thought, you know, he thought he had a good season. Um, I'm not sure. You know, I, I I sort of was thinking he might be the one to leave just because he had played in England before, and so had some fans over there. But evidently. Um, Estepinion, um, I wouldn't mind seeing him on loan as long as we could get him back, I suppose, because I, like you, I don't think in the long term Moreno is going to be the, the guy we want back there. Um, so we should probably take a break for a second, and then when we come back, uh, there was a little bit of non-Virial-related news in La Liga in the last day or two we might want to talk about. So we'll be right back. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So we were talking earlier about Virial or about clubs not being able to afford to sign players. And uh, so we might as well talk about the elephant in the room and Leo Messi leaving Barcelona. What does that mean for the La Liga season? And do we care? Oh, I thought you were talking about Carlos Baca leading the Real. Oh, well, well, yes, that, that, yeah. that was that was obviously a uh, a a big move too. But I it somehow it didn't get the press coverage. That... Rahul, maybe if you want to go ahead. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I was just astonished, really, that um. Yeah, uh, Messi's gone, and even when. Uh, even after Barcelona put the statement out, I was still thinking, oh, this must be something more to it. Um, it's just a power play. You always, every year, always talk about him leaving. Um, but no, it's, the fact that he's actually gone is just mental. Um, and yeah, there's no one really to blame but Barcelona. Like I've seen, I've had so many Barcelona and Messi fans in my Twitter mentions attacking me for attacking Barcelona, but um, <laughs> it'd be it'd be daft to blame La Liga for not relaxing the rules. They can't... Um, Barcelona can't just bully everyone into allowing them to get away with murder when they've really mismanaged their own club for so long. The fact that they received 200 and however many million for Neymar just four years ago and have now racked up a billion pounds of debt is just... In, they couldn't have done it any worse, really. Um, and yeah, I, I think in the short term it would be bad for the league, especially with well, like Sergio Ramos leaving, Varane leaving the league, and there not being many big names coming into the league this um, this summer. Um, just throughout, like Real Madrid not making any big signings. Um, so I think in the short term it could be bad, but I don't know. Football is cyclical. Cyclical. In the long run, Barcelona will end up getting a star. Like Mbappe comes to Real Madrid next summer. I don't think viewership will change too much. Maybe all the nutters who follow Messi and don't actually follow Barcelona will stop watching them. But beyond that, I can like the league will go on, mm-hmm. and uh, and if anything, will make it more competitive. If Barcelona stop running away with the league and Messi just scoring past everyone. Yeah, um, it could make for a really exciting season next season. And yeah, it could be it could just well be fun to see Barcelona falter without him. Robin. Well, interesting you say that because the last time Barcelona was out of the top two is a year we all remember well, which was when we finished second. Um, so it has been, it's hard to believe, but that long. Yeah. Well, last they year too, they finished in the top two. They finished third last year, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. So, so, yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah, but that's 07, right. It, it has been was the prior season. Yeah, it's just been an incredible run. Twenty twenty one. It's yeah. been an, an incredible so, run. So for all yeah. of, you know, and, and I think it, as Rahul says, reports of their demise have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about for thirteen years, they finished either first or second in the league. Yeah. Um, now, of course, 
for the for the Scottish Premier League people who want to compare it, they would say, well, there are only two teams in the league. But uh, one would like to think the uh, seventh place team winning the Europa League might change at least one or two minds uh, right. who who could be persuaded. But right. Anyhow, I, I think I think there's more shoes to fall here. Um, so remember that players like Aguero. Memphis Depay and all are signed, but not necessarily registered. Yeah, because those fees, the the wage drop has not actually occurred. So, if the market were actually to say, "Why don't you go ahead, Barcelona? You have no new signings. We're just not going to pay for your players <laughs> until you give them at such." sort of cut rate fees that we will take them. I would be interested to see if there's some sort of move there. Because right now, they can't register any of those guys, as I understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I think the other thing that will be interesting, and this was the allegation, if you will, when, say, Ronaldo left, was this whole sort of that a casual fan won't pay attention anymore. And that's why it's so important to keep the superstars. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, I think if you have heard reports of the attendance at Camp Nou, there are a lot of people who say those are sort of, you know, it's half the people who live there and half the tourists. Mm-hmm. Do the tourists stop coming? Um, do the tourists stop buying merchandise, going to the museum? Again, obviously in whatever the post-COVID world looks like that we are entering into, I think that'll be the more interesting thing. I don't think Real Madrid saw the kind of drop that others were expecting. Now, I think there were a few more names there. But, I mean, who's your next name at Barcelona? Pedri? Ansu Fati? Like, you, you, you know, okay, Busquets is still there. But, I mean... It, it's it's running kind of dry for them, yeah. as much as we say about La Masia and all. Like, it could be a pretty bad few years if they don't get something figured out, and if the market decides we're tired of them for the past fifteen years having been this good, we're really going to hold them over a barrel. They, you know, could be could be a very difficult couple of seasons, and they still have Coman, so it gives all <laughs> of us hope that they'll continue to be this bad for a while. Well, Robin, I know you have strong feelings about Barcelona. Yeah, maybe I should excuse my language before I start. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I I have absolutely no problem seeing Messi leave. He's an absolute dick, to be honest with you. Um, like, I, I despise Barcelona and I despise Messi. Like, I, I know people saying, like, you know, like Raul said, like, you can't, no one can really blame Messi so much and blame Barca. But to me... Messi's been making financial demands of Barcelona for absolute years. Like every every time his contracts renew up, he's insisting on more money. He doesn't get what he wants. He gets has a tantrum, and then the Barcelona have to offer him more money. It's it's, it's frankly it's a bit pathetic to be honest with you. And all this all this crying and oh I'm leaving my club. Yeah, I feel sorry for him. Yes, he's leaving Barcelona, but you know if if you love your club, you don't. I don't know these contract demands and this money that he gets. Like he's. He's coming out of Barcelona, a richer player than anything. They've given him everything. And like I think someone said earlier that, you know, he's one of the chairmen got sacked because they said that 
Messi wouldn't be quite as good without all those players behind him. And that, I think that's true. Uh, the best years under Messi were when you had Xavi and Iniesta and Busquets in their prime behind him. Mm-hmm. I, I would like. I'm, I'm interested to see what it'll be like in the next club he goes to if it's PSG. He's still going to have world class players behind him. So I, I'd just like to see him sort of pushed a bit more. Um, so yeah, I'm, I don't feel bad about it at all, and I imagine there'll be a few Barcelona fans listening to this and the else their second team. I'm sorry, but Messi is is not he's not you know he, he's getting on a bit as well. So once he leaves, it's all made more refreshing for the Liga. And I, I like the fact that this situation is playing out. If I'm honest, I was the same when Ronaldo left Madrid. It was like, okay, yes, finally we're not going to be talking about uh, Ronaldo, Real Madrid, or. Messi and Barcelona, these teams can emerge on their own merit. You know, like Barcelona are a great team to watch over the years and they've been fantastic for the league and stuff. But I'm I'm quite happy it's played out. Like I said, last few years, I remember us having several Telegram chats where everyone was like, oh yeah, Messi leaving, this is the world news and stuff. And then two minutes later, he's asked for more money and they've offered it to him. I mean, mm-hmm. I think Barcelona mm-hmm. deserve to be in the situation they're in and Messi deserves to, to be thrown out, really. <laughs> That's essentially what's happening. I'm sorry to be crass. Um, but yeah, I'm not particularly bothered about this at all. And I think La Liga will really grow from it. And, it, and I think, as Zach said in the article, it's great that a lot of fans, plastic fans, will be leaving Barcelona because Messi is leaving. You know, mm-hmm. sucks for them. But at the end of it all, you know, we've, we've had some great players over the years, but we've, we've done it on our own merit, not, not down to one player. So, sorry, I'm off a rant. I think what you say, it's, I guess my position is, I mean, I think Messi... Certainly, the the best player, greatest player I've seen, you know, in his prime. Um, I think he was. I think he did have a bit of a dip in form. I actually think he was um, last season. He was sort of back to being the guy who was carrying them a lot. I think for me, um, I, I hate to mention him because I know Robin can't stand him, but I think it was a real sign of when Barcelona let. Um, Luis Suarez go and you know kept focusing on the whole Griezmann thing it was like I don't I never understood that I th- I th- felt like um, with Suarez and Messi they had a really good understanding um, and I I think those were kind of the kind of players you wanted to keep not move them on in the way that they did um, it is true that when you look back at, at the at the best Barcelona teams you had the Chavis and Iniestas and um, and the young Busquets, and I think one of the tragedies for Barcelona is that um, while they've still pumped up, you know, the big the names who have come from um, from the La Masia, there just haven't been that many in recent years, and I, it feels like Barcelona kind of got away from that and started trying to be Real Madrid and buy uh, a big name every year, and that. And that's part of why they're in the mess they're in. Um, I don't mind seeing Messi leave in terms of, I think there's been several times through the years when Villarreal would have won matches against Barca, if not for him. (laughs) Um, So I don't mind that at all. Maybe we can beat them finally um, for the first time in ages this year. Um, Ultimately, for the league, I think, I think Barcelona could be, they could be entering into a real down period, um, then again, who knows? I mean, I think it's important to remember that Atletico Madrid, in before Cholo took over, was kind of a middling club. They've had a great run. It'll end sometime. 
Barcelona's run might end. Who knows? Um, it happens. I'm not going to, I don't think fans of Virial who remember when we had to sell Santi Cazorla um, for, for um, budget reasons are going to shed any tears about Messi leaving. I don't think fans of Valencia who remember all the players that they've developed and sold over the years, going back to David Villa and, and running through Parejo, um, are going to shed any tears. Um, I think most of us should feel happy that, the, that Barcelona are finally being made to play by the rules. Yeah, and you know, the only thing I will say in particular to uh, to combat Robin's point is, I mean, who's the big star of La Liga right now? You are you are miles and miles away from pretty much any other big league right now. If you look at the other major leagues, I mean, I think there are a handful of players in each who top anybody with the billing of La Liga. Will it be a more sort of competitive league to watch sure but you definitely lose your star power here mm -hmm. and with what has happened due to age and other players leaving it's a very watered down league now um so so i think i think there will be a big hit to la liga and i think that's what barcelona has been keying on all along um what i don't think they sort of um you know, took into account here is I think there is a little bit of La Liga saying, okay, we could continue to maybe prop this up, but it's going to happen sometime. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, sort of there was a lifeline last year of saying your marquee asset is going to leave. And literally it appears they did nothing in the intervening year to change the realities they were facing. Mm -hmm. So... What, mm -hmm. what are you going to say at that point? I mean, they stared you back in the eye and said, yeah, we're not selling anybody. We're, in fact, going to sign a bunch of guys mm -hmm. and just wait for you to allow us to register them. Oh, and, and by the way, uh, we want, we want to form a European Super League, too. Right. Yeah. That in the middle. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they've done nothing of the sort to sort of say, okay, we're going to try and actually do something about this. And when Rahul was mentioning... You got two hundred million on Neymar. Well, they spent it right on two players, Coutinho and Dembélé. I mean, so so they 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 didn't take five seconds to plow that money back into the market on completely overvalued assets mm -hmm. uh, that they paid through the nose for, having just gotten all of that money and having other teams be smart and say you can spend it now that you have it. And they said, sure, we'd be happy to. Uh, including in assets, you know, they don't have it anymore. Um, I might actually contradict what I said earlier. Um, I think if Barcelona are able to somehow register uh, Memphis Depay and Aguero, I'm actually not sure how what's going on with them. I, they, I could, they, I can honestly see them improving. Was that when they're so dependent on Messi? And especially this last couple of seasons where the squad, the quality of their squads declined. Mm -hmm. um, and they often just, on the pitch, it's just they look up and just pass it to him and expect him to do everything. Um, there, is a, there is kind of a thing where when you're so dependent on one player and then he leaves, um, that everyone else then has to kind of step up. And an example of that is when Thierry Henry left Arsenal in 2007 
Arsenal improved a lot the following season. They played amazing football, scored a lot of goals. They replaced him with Eduardo and Adebayor, and they both Adebayor scored like 30 goals that season. Like they improved because they were less reliant on Henri. They were not going every play through him. There were mm-hmm. more goals around the rest of the team, and I think that there is a possibility that that could happen because that Barcelona squad, even though there's a lot of Deadwood on high wages. There are some good players like Pedri, even Frankie de Jong, Ansu Fati. Like they're, they're not bad players. They can do something, but it, it, it could go either way, really. I, could, like, I would not be surprised if they fall out of the top four, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if they make a run to the title. Um, it is going to be an interesting one to see. And mm. yeah, in term, I think when... I mean, Messi was 34. He was going to retire or leave in the next two seasons anyway so there was no there, there was no benefit for La Liga to then bend, allow boxers to bend the rules like what kind of message would he have sent to the rest of the league that the, mm-hmm. one of the big two can just do whatever they want right. and they've been getting away over the past like when they signed Braithwaite beyond the deadline and Lahanes were not allowed to replace him it's just stuff like that which really which is why a lot of people just hate them top two which including me mm-hmm. um, yeah. they just see themselves as bigger than the rest of the league which they really shouldn't right um, I, I, I yeah. was going to say this just sounds like what's been going on for decades so I think perhaps to the long time observer it's a bigger surprise they drew a line somewhere uh, <laughs> than, than that they didn't yeah I think that's I think that's true I think I think the um, I think I was surprised I, I was like Rahul when the, when the first announcement came that you know that uh, Laporta said you know we're not we're not signing him and everything I thought it was a negotiating ploy I figured that this is to get you know Tebas to to figure out some creative accounting trick to to uh, let them do it but I think I think part of what happened with Barcelona yes part of it is that they didn't I think they had a lot of arrogant belief that that it would all break their way in the end and that the league would give way. But I think the other thing is, I do believe Laporta when he said that the financial situation was much worse than he had even expected. And I think, you know, you were talking about the the uh, fans coming to the Camp Nou and the museum and, and all, the, all the visitors, all the tourists coming to the matches. Well, none of that's happened for a year. And I think they, more than, more than pretty much any club, apart from maybe Madrid, are so, the COVID really hit them hard because they are so reliant on, on or they have those other big sources of income that they've become reliant on. So I think that was an issue too, as I, I don't think that people really knew, um, they should have known, but they I, th- I don't think they knew it was quite as bad as it was. And I do think they felt like at some point the, the, uh, uh, the league would bail them out or the government would bail them out or something. I mean, we went through all this in the, in the um, economic crisis with, with clubs. Um, and I think, you know, the times have changed now. And I don't think Barcelona quite realized that. I think that, I mean, with the, with the Barcelona um, board, I think that they're probably, like on the face of it, they'll be trying to, you know, look sad and all that. But I think in deep down, when they look at the coffers and how much they're actually saving from him not being there, you know, they're, they're going to be happy about it. 
I mean, and also there's talk of them getting rid of Griezmann as well. I don't know how true that is. That you know, if he was going to go to Atletico, if that was Messi depending. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Barcelona will be fine. Like, I, I mean, it might take a season to rebuild. It was the same with Madrid after Ronaldo left. You know, they were suddenly carrying on with Benzema, who wasn't. I mean, he's obviously a quality player, but wasn't quite the Ronaldo caliber and needed a bit more support. Wasn't that one-man player? So. Um, I, I think Barcelona will be fine. I mean, they might drop out of the top four this this season. I, I certainly hope they do because I, I just like them. But um, you know, I think they'll be back. I mean, there are it's a large you know it's a large part of Spain um, that follow the Barcelona contingent. So I can't see them you know suddenly just disappearing off the face of the earth. If they end up getting relegated, I'll be even happier. But I can't see that happening. <laughs> so, um, but I just like to put that in there. But um, yeah, so it's, it's, um, I'm not at all upset or sad to see him go. <laughs> you know, it's not. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. But but I think it's an interesting question of what you say, also, Robin, because I think all of these studies about who is your favorite team, etc., we're so used to the answer in the Messi era. It'll be interesting to say, to see in Sevilla, for example. Is that actually true anymore? That people are going to say, I, you know, I'm I'm a Barcelona fan, either first or second, because I really feel a lot of it was messy and was not actually the club, mm-hmm. its values, whatever it is. As you know, the club also, in the complicated things that it is, does stand for the independence movement in Catalonia, which, as a broad brush, is not popular in other parts of Spain. Um, the club clearly stands now for sort of a financial system that created all of these, you know, somewhat uh, fake housing communities and things outside of Madrid and otherwise that have been left abandoned after the financial crisis. Um, there, there are a lot of elements to the Barcelona story, which maybe are not sort of uh, uniformly positive. And mm-hmm. so I think it'll be interesting to see in a couple of years post Messi what that sort of national study of who your favorite team is and if it shows different results and shows more of a regionalization sort of that, that we, we were used to seeing. Like like Alan said, I mean, about 20 years ago, Atletico had been relegated and was pretty much kind of like what PSG used to be for decades and decades, Mm -hmm. which was how can a team with this large of a fan base, this much of a catchment, still be such a laughing stock? All right. Tell me why we support that, Daddy, again. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I think think it's true. And and certainly for for clubs like Villarreal, I mean, I think that's one thing that that the club has tried very hard to do is to build up – support in the in the greater region outside the town of Villarreal and I know we've when we've played Barcelona there have been times when it seems like a lot of the little kids there are, are more fans of Barcelona than Villarreal even though they're playing at the Ceramica and so it will be interesting to see I know when I went to see the um, Spain US friendly back in 2010 I mean Boy, if you'd given me a dollar for every Barcelona Messi jersey I saw, you know, I would have uh, would have been on Easy Street because it, because of most of the fans that um, a lot of the American fans that were supporting Spain were were uh, were wearing Barcelona jerseys with Messi's name on the back, and of course that was 
you know, 2010. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I just, I, I hope that it, I hope that the league um, realizes that it should be promoting other teams than just Barcelona and Real Madrid. We'll see. <laughs> um, we should finish up. I'm going to ask each of you to go back to our original, um, the Super Cup question. Sid, you said you felt like the uh, the scoreline might not be flattering. You want to give a prediction? Uh, sure. We'll say 3-1 to, to Chelsea. Oh, okay. That was going to be my pick, so... Um, I'll have to think of something else. Robin? Uh, I'm going to say 2-0 two, two Chelsea, I think. I think we'll end up conceding a goal, and I, I reckon it'll be Juan Poy probably gets sent off just for a laugh. <laughs> I'm going to say that. Oh, uh, okay. That's, I have to tell you, I was in um, when I was in the Bay Area, I, I went into a Starbucks wearing a Virial jersey and the guy behind the counter recognized, oh yeah, you guys signed one fourth. I really like him. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> that was that he, was he must, be, he must have been Argentinian or something. Uh, probably or have Argentinian. It was it was the day after he had gotten sent off in that other match. Um Ro, what do you think? Ro? Um um I would probably say two one. I think Chelsea do have their they keep games tight a lot under Tuchel, um, but I think they will dominate the game, and I don't think it'll be pretty to watch. But hopefully, I just hope Villarreal score just for the fans going to the stadium. It'd be quite nice to celebrate yeah. a goal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, two one I think wouldn't be the worst scoreline. Yeah, I, I think I would. I think I would have to go with either with, with that. I, I would like to see Villarreal score. Obviously, I'd like to see us win. Um, what what happens? Is this one that goes straight to penalties if we're tied after regulation, or do you know? I feel more confident if it does go to penalties, but after after that Europa League yeah, one, but I think, I'm not I sure I've got that much time on my hands. Yeah. I okay. Well, I, I I'll be the optimist here. I guess I. Who knows? I'll I'll say two two, and it goes to penalties, and then we'll see what happens. I don't know. I I I'm. That's my most optimistic though. I I really think. Given our um, preseason and the, all the things we've had to deal with, it, we just haven't had the preparation we'd like for this. So I'm not. I'm, I think two one or three one is more realistic. But hey, you know, I'm I'm going to be optimistic. So. And and I do want to, Alan, in the vein of uh, giving a shout out to folks while driving in Clifton, Virginia is not quite Clifton, New Jersey, but that is a relevant point for the story. Uh, we were driving out there, I think it was last weekend, and I see somebody with a Giuseppe Rossi VRL jersey. Oh, wow. So, cool. Not quite the right state, but, no, uh, but... but the, the right Clifton, at least. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's, there's a, a slight bit more recognition out there, perhaps, now. Yeah, I've got, I've got a Clifton near me, but I haven't seen a Giuseppe Rossi top round there. I've seen quite a few York and Leeds United top. I, I, yeah, so uh, yeah, just thought I'd put that in there. All right, well, you'll, well, you'll have to you'll have to go to exactly. Yeah, you'll have to go to Clifton and take a sel- take a selfie of yourself in a Viriel jersey by the Clifton sign or something. Yeah. It's a thing in the UK that you every city has an area called Clifton. And it's always the poshest part of each city. 
Um, oh, okay. For anyone that's listening and is interested in anything England or Britain, there's a, always a posh Clifton anywhere you go. Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> okay. That must must be one of those developers' uh, tricks, you know. It, it's like here, if you want if you want something to be posh, you put an e at the end of it, you know. So, so you know, to to indicate that it's somehow posh. Anyway, we should wind up. So, thank you to Raúl, to Robin, to Sid. This is Alan. We'll try and do this more often um, over the coming season. Now that we actually will have matches that count, but. For Virial USA, end of Virial, let's win a Super Cup.